Welcome back, students, to another course in our semester of Circle Obros. Today, we'll actually be getting into War Beast of the Circle Obros. How exciting. Let's take a deep dive into this fantastic lore written for us by, of course, Privateer Press. Let's begin. The war beasts that serve the Circle Obros are embodiments of destructive power of nature. The formidable element constructs and the terrible living war beasts are both filled with primal curiosity that only the druids of the Circle Obros dare to harness and control. Circle war beasts are among the most varied serving any fighting force in Western Amorn, comprising a wide array of creatures. The Circle's war beasts must undergo specific rituals, allowing a Circle warlock to fully mentally dominate them. This process creates a powerful bond between druid and beast that lets the war beast serve as an extension of the warlock's will and allows the warlock to share its strength. Stokes its battle fury, evoke mystical effects called animi, and shunt potential fatal injuries away from himself to a beast he commands. Although not wantonly cruel to their war beast, most circle warlocks rarely regard them as more than effective tools. War beasts exist to serve the greater purpose of the circle obros, and their eventual deaths while costly, are acceptable losses so long as a warlock can achieve his goals. Circle war beasts are drawn from three distinct groups. Wild beasts dominated by a druid's will, constructs called wolds that are crafted from natural elements of the world, and warp wolves created by transforming people through ritual magic. Wild beast. It may seem as though the Circle's Oberos broad purview over the natural world might grant its members the ability to control and tame any wild beast or animal. In practice, the druids are much more selective, having learned through centuries of trial and error which creatures respond best to their needs. Most of the beasts utilized by the circle are predatory species strongly connected to the devourer worm and with which the druids have forged relationships. To form a responsive bond, the minds of both warlock and beast must be sympathetic. These are beasts that are just as predatory, just as arguably tied to the worm which are impossible for druids to control, such as cold-blooded species that possess alien or intractable minds. Other natural animals lack qualities required of a war beast, such as supernatural resilience or curiosity. Various breeds of Argus, Griffin, Satyrs, and Gorax are most commonly used as war beasts by the Circle Obros. For hundreds of years, the Blackclads have assumed the role of custodians over these creatures. The druids have subtly directed their breeding, protected their natural domains, and prepared them for battle. This process of stewardship is not domestication by any means. The druids seek to preserve the natural curiosity of the breeds in their care. Instead, they focus on developing these creatures into useful weapons and acclimating them into the presence of druids and their allies. This approach involves training and conditioning, but long-standing contact with these creatures facilitates this process. Indeed, many of the wild predators used by the circle or as war beasts are practically ready to become war beasts by the time they reach maturity. Not every breed is equally responsive to this conditioning. The Winter Argus and the Gorax, for example, are belligerent and intractable creatures with temperaments make them more difficult to condition and train. Still, the Blackclads know techniques for transforming even these fierce beasts into powerful weapons. There are other difficult creatures they employ as well, like the Storm Raptors of the Abyss, those sheer power makes them worth the added effort to master. These wild living creatures have a number of advantages over other war beasts used by the Blackclad, such as wolves. Many druids appreciate the beast's natural instincts honed by having to hunt and kill in the wild. 
They retain a useful degree of autonomy and cunning, allowing them to be given free reign rather than rigidly controlled. Many of these species form strong emotional bonds to the warlock and other beasts they spend time with, viewing a battle group as a pact. This mentally creates a tight fighting synergy that some warlocks prefer. Others dislike the seething emotions of these beasts, finding them unpredictable and chaotic. Moving on to wolds. Wolds are not truly beasts at all, but rather mighty constructs, given semblance of life through powerful druidic magic. Each wold have been crafted with a specific role on the battlefield in mind. Its very essence and the power bound into it are tied to that purpose. Utterly fearless and implacable in battle, wolds are mystical constructs built with slabs of shaped stone instead of vulnerable flesh and bundles of wood bound by cords of woven rope in place of muscle and sinew. The glowing runes across the surface of a wold are imbued with the will of its creators and empowered by natural energies from sites of ley line convergences. Druids imprint each wold with its fundamental behavior and to compel it to heed the commands of the blackclads. Once a wold receives a command from its master, it will follow the command indefinitely, even waiting centuries to carry it out. Ancient wolds stand guard over places of power sacred to the circle, vigilant for trespassers who would defile them. Over time, they become overgrown with indistinguishable from their surroundings, yet they remain ready to act the instant they are commanded to do so or the lands they protect are disturbed. Some druids prefer these hulking stone forms over wild beasts. The wold needs no food or water, never turns on its master, and it can wait for generations without succumbing to age or the elements. A wold's only true weakness is its lack of intelligence and instinct. A wold does not think or act independently. Rather, it follows exactly the instructions given to it by its master. There exist masters of wold crafting who can layer versatile instructions into wolds to create complex behaviors, but doing so requires tedious attention to detail and tremendous skill. The constructs will always respond predictably to the given situation, which makes them constant and reliable. Wolds are often left as sentinels to watch over important sites in the wilderness, instructed to let those they recognize as allies pass while intercepting enemies and intruders. Some of the distinctive decorative motifs shared among the armor worn by the blackclads and the wolfsworn aid in this recognition. Inactive wolds may be mistaken for piles of lifeless stone until they erupt into activity when the interloper trespasses. Though supremely durable, wolds do not possess the power of recuperation, the vitality or the raw primal rage of living beasts. Most do not recover from damage without the aid of shifting stones or druids capable of repairing them. While making larger wolds is a time-consuming process, smaller wolds can be created in number and serve as formidable combatants fighting alongside Wolfsworn, channeling the natural powers of the earth into deadly elemental attacks at a distance. And looks like we have a little side note here written by the archives. Fabricating wold constructs. The circle creation of wold construct involves complex and ancient process. All wolds are crafted from stone or wood with druids of different regions making use of the strongest and most resilient materials available. The most important phase of a wold's construct is carving the mystical runes into the construct's prominent stone surfaces and empowering them with energy. This instills the animating will of the druid into the construct, setting into place its powers, behaviors, and fighting capabilities. Additionally, the runes created a connection to the leyline energies flowing through Cain to serve as a source of power. The fresh blood is applied to the vines, ropes, and wood elements 
of the larger wolds to ease the animation process. Circle forces can acquire blood for this purpose in the natural course of battle, but sacrifices might also be used. Humans and powerful predators provide the most useful blood in these cases. How the archivists come up with this information, I still have no idea, and honestly, I really don't want to know. Moving on to Warp Wolves. The most unusual of the war beasts at the disposal of the Circle Obros are the Warp Wolves. Created by the Black Clads from human transformed through a mystical ritual, Warp Wolves are ferocious creatures that bridge the gap between beast and man. A Warp Wolf is capable of unleashing the Predator within to become a murderous beast, assuming massive and tremendously powerful new body. The Warp Wolf feels the pull of Cain's moons over their minds and spirits, compelling them to hunt and kill. While superficially wolf-like in appearance, these creatures are not actually lupine. An unnatural killing machine, a warp wolf is a perfect and adaptable predator created by exposing a human to a ritual involving ingestion of a transformative elixir. A warp wolf's protein body can change in seconds to adapt to its needs, whether by increasing its muscle mass, growing leaner or longer-legged, or erupting a bony spikes. And when they say in seconds, they mean in seconds, because I've seen those things change their forms, well, in seconds on the battlefield, and it creates all sorts of uh, chaos, if you will. The origins of the Chosen by the Black Lads to become Warp Wolves varies. This condition is sometimes inflicted upon the Circle's enemies to sow terror. At other times, the Black Lads select the most pious of the Devourer worshippers among the Wolf Swarm, whose view this state as a means to become closer to the Worm. In either case, the resulting creature can be controlled by the Circle Warlocks and sent to fight their battles. The transformation of a Warp Wolf seems similar to that of undergone by Tharn or Skinwalkers, but it is a more radical and essential change, creating a much larger and more powerful creature while also permanently altering its mind. Over time, a Warp Wolf loses its sanity as well as memories of its former life, lost in the madness of violence and feasting. Once sated and away from battle, the Warp Wolves return to their former shape those of sanity can never be returned, and their speech and action remain disordered and erratic. It is only under the supervision of black lads that they are not put to an ordered purpose, as druids have learned how to exploit their curiosity and employ them where they can do the most harm to their foes. As a warp wolf passes from one form to the other, its body is remade, wounds close and heal over in response to the supernatural regeneration properties bestowed upon the beast. Constant shape-shifting is both physically painful and destructive to the internal organs, causing accelerated aging. Those who do not die in battle typically do not reach more than 40 years of age. Usually a warp wolf's heart gives out after years of accelerated pumping and scarring from transformation. Well, that's good to know. At least we know there's not going to be any super experienced immortal warp wolves running around. Warp wolves who have lived in this state for long periods accept their condition and abandon their humanity, losing the ability to speak and entering entirely feral state. Though they retain a degree of cunning from their human origins, they live only in the present, unable to remember the past or anticipate the future. They avoid interacting with other people and prefer the company of their own kind. Warp Wolves can be trained to recognize friends from foe and to refrain from attacking certain people. They seek mates from among their own kind and the males will fight to compete for females such as wild wolves do. Warp Wolves that have surrendered to this bestial existence may mate with others to produce purebloods, creatures that never take on human form. Purebloods are at ease with their ever-warping bodies, having essentially become a new species. 
as intelligent as humans yet with primal instincts and seething with rage and the desire to hunt and kill, purebloods are uniquely formidable. They are among the most intelligent of war beasts, and some are capable of speech, having learned to warp their throats to shape comprehensible words. Purebloods often possess supernatural gifts beyond other breeds, unleashing mystical empowered howls or transforming into incorporeal states in which they can pass through the thickest walls. Valued for their anatomy and adaptability, purebloods are few in numbers but can earn the degree of respect among the blackclads unattainable by less intelligent warbeasts. For many warlocks, they serve more as allies than minions. Well, that's unsettling. I always thought those white warp wolves were just another color of warp wolves. I didn't realize they were pure blood created from the offspring of two mutated people. But that does explain why they have such intelligence on the battlefield and cause all sorts of mayhem to units and war beasts alike. Ooh, disturbing. Alright class, well that will do it. There's not really that much information on... War Beast and War Beast creation with the Circle Oberos, unfortunately, but of course they are a secret organization, so I imagine you don't hear too much coming out unless, of course, it's coming from Professor Pendrake, who studies extraordinary zoology, so I imagine most of this is probably penned by him or his students that like to follow him in the field, so. And we did just have a expedition with him not too long ago studying some interesting creatures, so. As always, thank you, Privateer Press, for letting us read this fantastic lore and exploring some of the more interesting aspects of these particular factions. And as always, your homework is please like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your fellow gamers so we can increase the class size and hopefully get bigger community going. And as always, class dismissed. <laughs>